Vice President Mike Pence is under attack for refusing to say black lives matter, but instead declaring that all lives matter. On CNN, the lovely Miss Brian Stelter flew into a girlish pet at the news and handbagged the VP, declaring, quote, Black Lives Matter is a highly effective organization whose defund the police policies have achieved more innocent black deaths in a single weekend than the police have caused in the last two years. Their uplifting battle to destroy the traditional family will finally end white privilege by miring black Americans in inescapable dysfunction, making white people feel really guilty so they stop walking around with those smug looks on their faces. And BLM fundraising goes to support the Democrats whose unshakable commitment to black people can be seen in every city they govern. Although you don't want to see it too close because you can get killed in those places. And yet all Mike Pence can do is say all lives matter, which is clearly a dog whistle to Christians with their secret belief in universal love for mankind, unquote. The lovely Miss Stelter was so upset, she then went to bed for the rest of the day and sobbed pitiably into her nightgown. At the New York Times, a former newspaper, editor in charge of flagrant historical distortion, Nicole Rachel Bates, wrote, quote, For too long, Vice President Pence's self-righteous refusal to commit adultery has signaled his support for the oppressive patriarchal institutions of honesty and decency that would have kept someone like me from achieving my high position. Fortunately, the New York Times has abandoned those institutions, leaving me free to break the chains of fact and history that have for so long enslaved my people, namely lying crazy women, unquote. Black Lives Matter spokesman Killian Rage said his movement would not be stopped by the vice president's lack of support, but would press on with their mission to tear stuff down and burn businesses until it leads to something really great. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a zing it's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, hurrah. All right, the Clavenless weekend at last is over, and the strong have survived and are here with us in the week. Well, we will remember them. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you come on and subscribe. Please subscribe to the Andrew Claven YouTube channel. It's not it not just will uh, get you into heaven, uh, but it will also make you feel good about yourself and hurt Michael Knowles. So it just achieves everything. And we're watching your comments there. Uh, we have one today from Seth Koch, who's, who's <laughs> who says his bald head is brighter than my future. Uh, don't feel bad about that. My bald head is brighter than everybody's future, basically. Um, over the weekend, Charles Kessler, the editor of the Claremont Review of Books, wrote an excellent piece for the New York Post headlined, Call Them the 1619 Riots. In the article, Kessler points to the idea that fuels and justifies the widespread leftist violence, or as it's called in the media, the mostly peaceful leftist violence, He says the idea is that America was, quote, born a racist nation and remains one today. And he says that idea was popularized by the New York Times dishonest 1619 project led by Nicole Hannah-Jones. Hannah-Jones, who, by the way, in my opinion, is a truly awful person who publishes untruths and distortions and then defends them by racist attacks on her critics. Hannah-Jones responded to Kessler by tweet saying, quote, it would be an honor to have the riots named after her distorted and ahistorical 1619 project. Hannah Jones has already supported vandalism and looting, saying that attacks on property aren't violence. And while she grandly withheld judgment on whether it was a good thing to pull down Ulysses S. Grant, 
uh, statue. She said men like Lincoln and Grant should not be credited with freeing the slaves. The slaves freed themselves. Now, that's completely untrue. But what is true is that many blacks served in the Union Army during the Civil War. Uh, and while they were sub- subject to bigotry and they were mostly kept out of combat positions, they did include the fighting 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry, which was celebrated in the terrific film Glory. If you haven't seen it, you should. Among those heroes was a guy named Sergeant William Carney. He was the first black American to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. In the midst of a brutal defeat, He rescued the regiment's fallen colors under fire and is said to have returned to the battle line, proudly declaring, boys, the old flag never touched the ground. I wonder what Sergeant Carney would have thought of Hannah Jones's pride in inspiring anti-American riots and destruction. I don't think he would have thought very much of it because his heroism highlights the central difference between reformers and radicals. Sergeant Carney was a soldier who was willing to risk his life to defend his country with all its flaws. Hannah Jones is an elite punk. She pretends she lives in a nation dedicated to injustice while sitting safely atop one of that nation's most elite institutions, and she cheers on the thugs who would destroy the society that gave her everything she has. The difference between reformers and radicals is that reformers want to make a good country better in accordance with its good principles and good traditions. Radicals want to tear things down and replace them with what? With a utopia that always has been and is today the mask of tyranny. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about this. This is an important story, actually. We'll talk first about Wise Foods. You remember Wise Company. They've been our sponsor for a long time, but they've changed their name to ReadyWise, which is which supplies emergency meals and freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition and new adventure meals that are good for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. Now, as you know, this is one of those lunatic right-wing shows that's always expecting some disaster that'll keep you locked in your house where you can't get out and you can't get any deliveries. And so it's going to sell you this this crazy idea that you should be ready with ready wise. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's happening now. It turns out all the crazy right wingers were right. Ready wise meals are easy to prepare. You just add water and they have a very long shelf life. Uh, ready wise makes, uh, being prepared simple and affordable. You can order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep, which is how we get everything nowadays. When government resources are strained, it can be days, if not weeks, before fresh food is available. Don't put yourself in a situation when you need food during an emergency. Prepare today. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at readywise.com when entering Claven at checkout or by calling 855-474-4084. ReadyWise has a 90-day, no-questions-asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared to Day. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E dot com, promo code Claven to get free shipping. But if you really want to be ready, I mean, if you want to be ready, you got to know how to spell Claven. It is K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no bees. <laughs> there are no bees in Claven. Why is this story about this horrible, horrible woman? Uh, she really is terrible. Just She's just a font of distortion and dishonesty. And then anybody, time anybody challenges her, she's like, well, I'm black, so you can't argue with me. Just like, awful. But anyway, it's important for a reason. We talk a lot on this show about the dishonesty 
and the hypocrisy of the press. We talk about how they covered Christine Blasey Ford as if it were the end of uh, all life if you didn't support her testimony against Brett Kavanaugh, but then they just ignored Tara Reid. That, that's lying. That's dishonesty. It's distortion. We talk about how the massive rallies for Black Lives Matter are completely safe from the coronavirus. They won't even, you know, they, in some places, they won't even let you ask patients whether they have been to one of these rallies so you can't track the spread of the disease through the rallies. But the Trump rally in Tulsa was terribly, terribly unsafe. The Russia collusion, but we're not going to follow the Durham report. All this dishonesty. But this is not hypocrisy. Hannah Jones is not being a hypocrite. It's not distortion. They believe that their moment has come and they are coming out and saying, this country is bad. We are Marxists. We are destroying this country. We mean, we are the mob. We are the mob. Just like Chris Cuomo in cheering the riots on, he is the mob. The Democrat Party, which, who among the Democrats has condemned the violence with any full-throated voice? Who has done it? None of them. They are the mob. They have taken on that mantle and they're being honest about it. And that means that we have to change our approach to them. All right. Let's talk about this a little bit more. Um, Black Lives Matter, this, a, a video was unearthed over the weekend of one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Coulars. And this is important because this is the media's new tactic, or we should just call them the mob, the mob media. The mob media, one of their new tactics is asking people, like they did Mike Pence, do black lives matter? As if anybody anywhere had ever said black lives don't matter. That's the insult built into it. But now you're supposed to support this organization, which, is, as I've been telling you for weeks, if not more, is basically just a mask for a socialist agenda. It has nothing to do with making black lives better. Not one thing to do with making black lives better. Because remember, all these people tearing stuff down, tearing stuff down in Seattle, tearing statues down all over the country, trying to defund the police. They've got this, oh, what a brilliant idea. We'll stop the police from policing. All these people have not said one thing about what they mean to replace it with, except to destroy the family and to introduce Marxism, basically. So here is Patrice Collar. She is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, basically saying who she really is. It's got five. I also think that it might... Um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. So what she's really saying is we are going to utilize, she says that this Marxism is going to be utilized by many black folk. What she really means is we are going to utilize black folk for this movement because it has been nowhere shown, nowhere shown that Marxism helps anybody anywhere. And this is the thing about people tearing down statues of George Washington, which is happening, happened in here in Hollywood, uh, tearing down uh, statues of Ulysses S. Grant, who defeated the Confederacy and also was very committed to defeating slavery, also destroyed the, the first uh, rising of the Ku Klux Klan, the Democrats' answer uh, to the Civil War. You know, all, all these people that they're tearing down, the question nobody gets asked is, you know, you're tearing that down. What have you ever done for anybody? What have you ever done for yourself? What have you ever done to make your life better? What responsibility have you ever taken? And now we know they're Marxists, and now they have to point to someplace because Marxists have used 
True corruption, true oppression, true racism, they have used that as a shield for their philosophy, which is just about power. So they're defunding the police. This Black Lives Matter, defund the police. Do you, do you or do you not support Black Lives Matter? Over the weekend, there were 101 shootings in Chicago, and that's just numbers coming in. 14 people killed. Nine or 10 unarmed black people were killed by the police last year. 14 people were killed in Chicago, and you know what color they were. You know, I mean, not, obviously their lives are, all lives matter, so their, their lives are, are not to be judged on that, but just judging from Black Lives Matter's point of view, 14 people killed in one weekend, in one weekend. Okay, 10 people in a year who were unarmed. That doesn't mean they were innocent. It just means they were unarmed. But but they doesn't mean they were innocent. They may have been criminals. They may have been attacking like the guy in uh, Georgia who was attacking uh, the police with a taser. So, you know, they we don't know what they were doing, but they were unarmed. 10 people unarmed, 14 people killed in a weekend in New York City. The the. Uh, the shooting rate was up over 300%. They just disbanded uh, They just disbanded one of their units and they're now defunding the police. They've taken, a, like, I, I can't remember, there's a lot of money out of the police department uh, and they've disbanded the undercover anti-crime units across every precinct. 21 shootings were reported across four boroughs between Friday and Saturday, the NYPT said. Two people died. Shooting last week skyrocketed rocketed compared with the same time period in 2019 from 12 last year to 55 this year, 55 shooting. Unbelievable. In the most recent reported shooting, uh, a 27-year-old man died of multiple gunshot wounds to his torso, face, and leg in front of 640 Stanley Avenue, a 17-year-old boy. One of the cops said, this is what the politicians wanted. No bail, nobody in Rikers, cops not arresting anyone. This is what they wanted. This is what, it is what they want. It is what the BLM people wanted and the Democrats support the BLM and the media supports the BLM. This is them. This is on them. It's them. And, and the, thing, the thing that I was saying about our, the way we cover this is we've got to stop saying, oh, wow, look, you know, the, the bias in the news. Every day I go on my, one of my favorite websites, the Media Resource Center, the Newsbusters, and they talk about the bias in the news. But it's not bias anymore. It's an actual attack on the founding principles of America. It is actually putting forward the idea that America is rotten and deserves to be destroyed and deserves the violence it's going to, and its history has to be wiped out. All the statues being pulled down. And of course, in the, you know, what's happening in the Seattle zone now, it's called the CHOP. They changed the name because it was supposed to be autonomous as the CHAZ, but now it's the CHOP because it's a, they say it's an organized protest because they still want the services. They still want the police to come in there and they're complaining when the police won't come in and when the medic, the medics won't come in when there's a shooting. I think there have been two, three shootings in there uh, and the medics won't come in because they're not defended by the police and they're afraid for their lives. And the people are screaming, oh, it's a war zone. This is terrible. This is a terrible thing that's happening. So so here is Eric Swalwell. Now, you remember Eric Swalwell. He's you, right? Remember, he, that was his campaign when he opened his campaign for presidency. He said, I, I understand you. I am you. So he, this is you talking. And here he is attacking the Republicans using what is obviously going to be the, the talking point that they've all decided together, the media and the press, because they're all the mob. They're all on the side of the mob. Every one of them, that's who they are. If, unless, unless they come out and say, I am not with Hannah Jones, I'm not with Black Lives Matter, they are on the side of the mob. And this goes for all of them. 
right? It goes for Chris Wallace until he comes out and says something about it, because this is what they're all doing. So here's Eric Swalwell pulling this routine. Black lives matter, period. And so I would yield to any of my colleagues on the Republican side who can unequivocally say, as we calibrate where we are right now, that black lives matter. Thank the gentleman for yielding. Does the gentleman believe that all lives matter as well? I think black lives matter. I think Reclaiming all lives matter. Reclaiming my time. Can anyone on the Republican side say unequivocally black lives matter? Unequivocally all lives matter. Why, why is that a problem to acknowledge? Reclaiming my time. I think it's clear that my colleagues on the other side would like to put up a straw man to not have the uncomfortable conversation that we need to have about race. I think we should have an uncomfortable conversation about how these guys like this clown are utilizing race for power. And they're not, you know, they're not going to be immune from the mob. They're, you know, the mob just eats them last. It may not even get to them last because some of us will stand up against them. That was Matt Gase fighting back, by the way. Um, you know, this is the thing. The, the cancellations, right? The people losing their jobs, the statues being torn down, the names being etched out. Teddy Roosevelt, the statue, great statue of uh, Teddy Roosevelt in front of the Natural History Museum. That's a New York icon. Now they say they're going to take that down. But, you know, Myron Magnet from uh, the Manhattan Institute, Myron Magnet said, if a museum can't preserve things, what's a museum for, basically? Uh, and, you know, that's, that is amazing. It, you know, this is, this is a time for people who are on the middle left. I don't know how many people who listen to the show are anywhere on the left. Maybe none. Maybe none. But this is the time for them to start thinking about the fact that a lot of the stuff we crazy right-wingers have been saying turns out to be exactly true. Let me just play this one cut of John Oliver, the comedian from uh, HBO, I guess it is, this week tonight. He's reacting to Donald Trump saying, if you start to tear down the Confederacy statues, you're going to end up tearing down George Washington. The president's concern seems to be that tearing down statues leads to a slippery slope. This week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Okay, well, I'll tell you where it stops. Somewhere. Anytime someone asks, where does it stop? The answer is always, f***ing somewhere. You might let your kid have Twizzlers, but not inject black tar heroin. You, you don't just go, well, after the Twizzlers, where does it stop? See, but you do because once people, it's not, the problem is not the mob. The problem is not the mob. The problem is the institutional muckamucks, the high-level people, the Hannah Joneses, the people who are in positions of power, in elite positions of power, cheering the mob on. The problem is not the mob. The problem is the people who surrender to the mob. And if no one's going to say no, it turns out there was a statue of George Washington torn down. There were three of them defaced. It turns out that John Oliver is a buffoon. It turns out he's not just a clown. He's also a buffoon. And it's time for people who are a little bit on the left to start thinking, well, wait a minute. What am I supporting here? When I vote for Joe Biden, who am I really putting in office? It's a good question because all of these guys have turned out to be wrong where guys like, let's say, just for instance, me, who have been saying, you know, these people are radical. The radicals have gotten the radicals on the right and there are radicals on the right. And I reject them. And Ben has rejected them. And Knowles, we've all stood up to them. We've all you know, met them in our speeches and stood up to them. Those people are in the comment section of uh, of websites. That's where they are. They're radicals. We now see are in the top news organizations in the country. They're at The New York Times. They are in the Congress. They are the people kneeling 
kneeling to, to the flag with their slave owner uh, scarves that they wore that turned out to be from African slave owners. So let's go back now. Just listen, just listening for a minute, because everything has about, been about Donald Trump, right? So here's a, a, the latest interview, a new interview with this lady, Patrice Colores, the same woman who said, we are trained Marxists. We are versed in theory. We know what we're doing. We know what we're organizing. We, we, we mean this to happen. That's what she's saying, right? All those people who were murdered in Chicago because the police aren't going to go in New York because the police won't go. They did this on purpose, and the New York Times supports it. The the New York Times is the mob. Joe Biden, Joe Biden doesn't even know where he is, and he's the mob. Eric Swalwell, when he says, I'm you, he's talking to the mob. He's the mob, right? Because they're supporting what these people are doing, and what they're doing has nothing to do with black lives. She told you that. She's a Marxist. Now hear what she has to say to Jake Tapper. Hands down, Trump not only needs to not be in office in November, uh, but he should resign now. Um, we, Trump needs to be out of office. He is not fit for office. And so what we are going to push for is a move to get Trump out while we're also going to continue to push and pressure uh, Vice President Joe Biden around his policies and relationship to pr- policing and criminalization. That's going to be important. But our goal is to get Trump out. So you hate Trump, you hate Trump, but you know Marxism is going to destroy your country. You're a little bit on the left and you hate Trump and you know Marxism is going to destroy your country. And you're listening to this woman who just told you she's a Marxist telling you that she's got to get to Trump. Maybe you should start to think about this. I got to pause here for just a second and talk about Quip. Uh, the toothbrush, terrific toothbrush. It is a uh, an electric toothbrush. You got to have an electric toothbrush, right? Uh, this is something that my dentist told me, the, the dental aide told me, you have to have an electric toothbrush. They do a better job of cleaning your teeth. But those the regular ones are like bazookas. And especially when you travel around, you know, they're just huge. And you got to plug them in. And all When you travel around, they're a real pain in the neck. But Quip is a sleek, beautiful, battery-operated electric toothbrush. Does a terrific job on your teeth, and you can take it anywhere you need. And this is, of course, a time when you're, if you're especially if you've been locked down, you don't want to let your health go. You don't want to let your good habits go. Quip will send you a brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule of every three months for just $5 each. They'll send you a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and stay committed to your oral health and shipping is free. Join over 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Clavin right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Clavin, spelled get Q-U-I-P.com slash Clavin. Quip is the good habits company. Who needs that? Who needs to know how to spell Quip? You know how to spell Quip, but you're sitting there. I know you're saying, I want that deal, but, but, but how do you spell Clavin? You are too smart to be acting this dumb. (laughs) That's what I wanted to say. (laughs) All right. So the Marxist hates Donald Trump, right? Now, Donald Trump had a a rally over the weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it didn't go that well. Uh, You know, the rally went fine as far as it went, but it was like a 19,000-seat stadium, which he's been packing normally up to the gills, and instead only about 6,000 people uh, came out. And you know, there, there's some talk that uh, kids went on TikTok and booked all the seats and that was the way. I, I don't believe that story. The campaign says that's not true and I don't believe it. It doesn't seem seem right. They have a lot of ways of uh, getting around stuff like that. But the, the media, the mob, 
did everything it could to mobilize the mob. And they basically sent protesters out there. They kept telling people there was going to be violence. There wasn't a lot of violence. It was actually pretty, pretty sedate. But the protesters did. Uh, the Trump campaign says they blocked some of the doors. Reporters say that didn't happen. Actually, decent reporters say that didn't happen. They obviously caused a lot of fear. They spread fear about the virus, which doesn't affect protesters, Black Lives Matter, Marxist mob protesters, doesn't affect them, but it does affect anybody who wants to go and support the president of the United States. So that's a problem. So, you know, obviously it worked. Obviously they, they did scare people off. And I think that's important. And it's also important to talk about the fact that Biden, for the first time uh, in May, uh, out fundraised Trump by $7 million. And of course, you know, the Trump campaign is talking about this. But these are bad signs. And, you know, why Why should we sugarcoat them? Are we going to sit around and, like, pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, all the polls are wrong and all that? No, you know, that's, I'm not going to lie to ourselves. These are bad signs. Trump needs a new strategy. This is not 2016. This is 2020. They have moved the ball. The, the left has moved the ball. And they believe that this is their moment. That's why they're coming out and saying it. Well, violence isn't bad. That's why the New York Times is not firing a reporter who says violence against property isn't, isn't violence. It, they have become that radicalized. They are basically riding the wave of the mob. They think they're going to be able to stop. They think they're going to be hop, going to hop off the wave once they get the power they want. That's not the way it works. The mob will come after them as well. It's already coming after the late night comedians. Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel did a black, uh, some blackface thing a long time ago, and now they have to go on vacation. They're going, you know, Kimmel is going on vacation. Fallon is under fire. I'm, I am so. If I didn't think it would give Ben a heart attack, I would do my entire show in blackface. Just, just to tell just to give these people the finger at this point, just to say I'm an American, I'll do any joke I want. That's, you know, I would do it, but I know Ben would just clutch his chest and fall over dead and we can't afford to lose him. We love the guy <laughs> and, he's, and he's so popular. So I don't want to kill Ben. But at this point, I just think people have got to stop apologizing for this country. They've got to stop apologizing for being rough and ready. They've got to stop walking around with their heads down and their eyes on the ground. They've got to stop it. And Trump has got to start selling that message. Some of the stuff he sold was, uh, he was saying at this Tulsa rally was really good, but he's got to understand that this is not 2020 and he has got to be talking directly to the nation about things like this. Here's a couple of good cuts. Here's one uh, where he talked about what the left wants. This is cut 16. They were heading over to the Jefferson Memorial recently, and they wanted to do damage to our great, beautiful Jefferson Memorial. Not going to happen. Don't worry about it. We have it surrounded with very strong people. The choice in 220 is very simple. Do you want to bow before the left-wing mob? Or do you want to stand up tall and proud as Americans? That's good stuff. And that's what he's got to stick with. He's got to stop. You know, before in 2016, the attacks on him were so wild and so insane that his propensity for dealing with everything personally, for fighting personal battles made sense. We were all laughing because he was making fun of the left coming after him so crazily, so insanely. And he he was right to, to indulge his propensity for uh, personal battles. But the question now is the country itself is hurting and it's not his fault. It's not his fault that there was a pandemic. It's not his fault that the left, that leftist institutions have been destroyed, uh, that the, the left has destroyed our institutions. These are things that happened before he got there. He has only brought them to the surface. He's only lanced the boil. That is the thing about Donald Trump is he has 
lance the boil. Our institutions were broken. Our legislature has stopped legislating. Our press has stopped covering the news. Our academies have stopped teaching. Our our, uh, courts are legislating. Everything, everything in our country has stopped because of leftism. Everything in our country has stopped. Trump did not cause that, but he did lance the boil. And now we're suffering because it's all come out. I mean, we've we've gone back to the set in the 1970s before Reagan in a finger snap. It just happened like that. Suddenly we we're walking along. We thought, no, this is post-Reagan America. We're all doing pretty well. Suddenly we were back in the 70s. Riots, crime, uh, everything falling apart. You know, people uh, defacing America, the press, everybody running down America. We're back in that in the 1970s. I remember them. They stank. They came back in a big, big hurry. Trump has got to got to get a new strategy. There used to be a meme that went around that where that said it was a picture of Trump, and it said they're not after me, they're after you. I'm just in their way. That should be his campaign strategy. When he fights them on his behalf, he should make it clear that he's not fighting for himself anymore. He's fighting for you. They're after you. They're after America. He's just in the way. You know, there's truth to that. And of course, it's a campaign slogan. So it's <laughs> it's a campaign slogan. So it's also a little bit of showmanship. But he has got to learn. He has got to rein this in. You know, Ben and I had this big, uh, it wasn't an argument, but we were, he was, he was basically razzing me on backstage. Ben was saying, you know, you think that Trump has a strategy, but he doesn't have a strategy. He's got no impulse control. Those are two different things. Trump has no impulse impulse control. He has a real problem with impulse control, but he is a good politician. He's a good natural gut politician. He's just got to think through. He's, he's got to attune his gut to the country again because he's been locked away because of the virus. He's been locked away in Washington. He's starting to suffer from the atmosphere there. That toxic beltway atmosphere is getting to him and he's lost his feeling a little bit for it. He's lost his feeling a little bit for what's going on. He's got to shift. He's got to shift the way he talks. It was funny at this uh, Tulsa thing when he made fun of uh, the way the left was mocking him for going down a, a ramp slowly. Remember, he went down this ramp carefully and he drank water using two hands and he showed people he could drink water with one hand and then threw the glass away. That's funny stuff, but it's not the stuff anymore. It is not the stuff. He can use it. It's good stuff, but he's got to start talking about what's really happening. He said something about Seattle that I thought was excellent. This is cut 18. We're talking about Seattle. Have you ever been to Seattle? They took over a big chunk And the governor, who's radical left, all of these places I talk about are Democrat. You know that. Every one of them. Every one of them. And I have an offer out. I said, anytime you want, we'll come in, we'll straighten it out in one hour or less. Now, I may be wrong, but it's probably better for us to just watch that disaster. Now, I don't think he is wrong. I think that's exactly right. You know, you don't want to have a, uh, you know, you don't want to have a Waco situation on your hand where a lot of people get killed. I know, I know that that might satisfy some people's anger at this point, but no, that's the right thing to do. Tell them, you know, I'll come in if you want me to come in. And if they don't ask and there continue to be shootings and rapes and there will, I told you when this happened, what was going to happen. Now it's happened. I mean, now you always get tomorrow's news today here. And I told you exactly what was going to happen because it was obvious because it's what always happens. It was, it's what always happens when the law and order breaks down. It's what always happens when the Marxists come in. We know what it is. And now we know, we know a new thing. Because of Nicole Hannah-Jones at the Times and Chris Cuomo at uh, CNN, we know they mean this. This is their time. They set this in motion. They think they're going to win. And it's a question whether they will or not. All right. You will want 
Hey, Reader's Pass, if you are just too damn cheap to go and get the all-access, which would give you everything. We do, oh, we come, we mow your lawn. You get the all-access pass. You can talk. We did an all-access on Friday, so it, it slowed down, uh, shortened the Clavenless weekend. Some of you who are now passed because you had a three-day Clavenless weekend could have been saved, might have been saved by having an all-access pass. But all right, you're cheap. You want to feed your kids. You want to pay your rent. So we have a different deal, a cheaper deal called the Reader's Pass to DailyWire.com. It's a great value for only 3 bucks a month, and when you sign up, you get that first month for only $0.99. Cents. You get access to our mobile app, which is terrific, articles ad-free, and access to exclusive editorials. Walsh did one uh, the other day called The Only Real Privilege in America is Leftist Privilege, which I'm not even going to tell you because you haven't paid the $0.99. Cents. It's a lousy buck. Pay the buck for Walsh's article. So if you haven't checked out the Reader's Pass already, go to DailyWire.com and sign up for just a buck. Come on over to dailywire.com. So the whole thing about Trump, you know, it, it really is funny how Trump just stands in the center of this. And he's a big character. I mean, I've always said this. He's a great big American character. He's great big American flaws. And I think some great big American virtues as well. And everybody who, who listens to the show Always wants to hear, you know, good things about Trump and never wants to hear bad things about Trump, never wants to hear me criticize uh, Trump, which basically I do sometimes because I think he's hurting himself. And I'm always willing to admit that he may see something I don't see. He's got great instincts. He's a politician. I'm not. I don't pretend to be. So maybe he sees things I don't see. Maybe he's, you know, gearing up. Maybe he's assessing the situation and taking his time before he makes his move. I'm just saying right now, it looks to me like Biden is winning. Right now, it looks to me like Biden is doing well. And Biden is a hologram. You know, Biden is just a ventriloquist dummy uh, who couldn't put together a sentence at all. Uh, and and the, 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 But the thing about Trump, the thing about Trump that is just so interesting to me is, A, a what I said before, that he has revealed the emptiness of our institutions. He didn't cause our institutions. Our, you know, it was, you know, to, to choose between a Hillary Clinton and a Donald Trump, to not have a, a, a real statesman, a guy who has a theory about, you know, how to govern and all this stuff, that's a, that's a sad choice to have to make. Trump was the right choice to make, but because if Hillary had been in, we'd just have these empty institutions continue to spread like the blob in that old horror movie. But with Trump, we we knew, we knew that we were going to see a re, the left go insane and go insane and reveal itself, and it has. But here's the thing. I mean, I, again and again, I'm talking to anyone out there who maybe is a little bit on the left side, maybe just a little bit, you know, the, the, there's decent, many, many decent liberals that I know who don't think they're supporting this when they vote for Biden, who don't think they're supporting the violence when they vote for Biden, who don't think they're supporting the Marxism when they vote for Biden. This guy whose only job, whose only job is to look like an old fashioned Democrat while the Marxists put their uh, systems into place. That's his only job. And the thing about Trump is, you know, they call him a liar. OK, OK. You know, Trump is, a, I've said this before, he's a kind of a Barnum character. He overemphasizes things. He himself has said he's a cheerleader for the country. He's always upbeat. He's always exaggerating uh, the good things. That's, that's him. But who pushed the Steele dossier? You know, who sent that lie to us? I mean, who, who pushed Christine Blasey Ford with her uh, completely unproved, unsubstantiated charges? Who did that stuff, right? They call Trump a conspiracy theorist because he went after uh, Barack Obama on his birthday, you know, on, his, on his birthday, and he went after Ted Cruz on that crazy uh, Lee Harvey Oswald story. They call him that. But who pushed the Russian collusion story? Who pushed that, Rus that crazy Russian collusion story and then gave Pulitzer Prizes 
for pushing it. That was all the left, all the media, all the Democrats, right? They say he's an authoritarian, which is a joke because he's done nothing but dial back the government. Who is it who silences free speech? Who is it who wants to use corporations to silence political speech? Who is it who wants to get people fired for sometimes for saying things that are absolutely true and sometimes for just saying opinions that might not be in keeping with leftist uh, policies? Everything they say about him, everything they say about Trump, they are worse. They are worse. And this is the thing. I I know a lot of people who literally cannot stand Donald Trump. They cannot stand the sound of his voice. They can't stand his attitude. They can't stand the the sometimes uh, grotesquely boorish things that he says. Uh, Why can't they see? Why can't they see that their institutions, the left institutions, including Barack Obama's presidency, right, the scandal-free presidency that used its law enforcement arm to investigate an opposing political candidate, Why can't they see that, like, really all he is is not a hypocrite. All he is is openly what what he does. And and the things he does are more benign. He doesn't silence free speech. His lies are basically exaggerations. The things they call lies are basically mostly exaggerations. His, His boorishness, you know, when I was preparing the show today, when I was preparing the show today, I was looking at for clips, right? And I went on YouTube and I looked for clips. And you know, when you go on YouTube, they sometimes play an ad. And they played one of those Comcast NBC ads, the more you know, a little uh, public service announcement, right? They played a public service announcement. And this is what it said. It said, if you believe in equality for women, equality, this is Comcast NBC is lecturing me about this. They said, if you believe in equality for women, you should have equality in your home. You should treat your daughter and the son, your son the same way. Okay. Now, first of all, screw you. Don't tell me how to treat my daughter and my son. I, I will treat my daughter and my son differently because girls and boys are different, no matter in what Neil Gorsuch says. They are different, so I will treat them differently. I will expect different things of them. I will expect them to hit different marks, and I will expect them to behave in different ways because they are different. I will not try to force them into the role of the other. That would be an act of emotional violence, so I won't do that. But who is Comcast NBC? They're the guys who ditched the Harvey Weinstein story. They're the guys who covered up the rapes and depredations of Harvey Weinstein because they were simultaneously covering up the depredations against women of Matt Lauer. So when these people who look at Donald Trump and they say, you know, oh, what a horrible, horrible guy. You you know, he said these things about grabbing women, okay? Who are they listening to? Who are they voting for? There is no gap. There is no difference. There is no gap between their good intentions and the people, the institutions they support, which are Marxist, which are corrupt, which are so incredibly entrenched in the halls of power that if there is institutional uh, racism, they're the institutions who would be racist because they are the institutions. Donald Trump is a loose cannon. He is a wild card. But certainly, certainly nothing, nothing that he has done comes anywhere near what they have done and what their institutions have done. And the institutions attacking him, basically, you know, this is the thing that I, I used to laugh right after the election when my leftist friends would scream at me, how could you have voted for Donald Trump? I would say, you know, he wasn't running against Lincoln. <laughs> he was running against a career criminal, you know, so like bring a better candidate next time and, I'll, and we'll talk. But he was running against a career criminal. And this is the thing that has remained true. John Bolton is bringing out his book, a really interesting, over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal, they published a large section of his book 
going off about Trump and his China policy. And it was plausible. It, it sounded like Trump. It sounded like stuff Trump did, like, you know, flattering the Chinese president and changing his mind about his policy and leaving his staff kind of unknowing in the dust, not, not knowing where he was going to go. It was all the stuff. And, you know, it was basically John Bolton is making a, a fortune selling a book telling us that Donald Trump is Donald Trump. <laughs> That's what he's doing. And it's it's really amazing. Let's play. He did he gave an interview to ABC. I think that this was also over the weekend. Let's play the first clip of that. I tried to write a book that took the 17 months I spent as national security advisor uh, and reveal a picture of the president that uh, people can draw their own conclusions from. My my conclusion is clear. I don't think he should be president. I don't think he's fit for office. I, I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. I don't think he's a conservative Republican. It's, it's just an amazing thing. And, he, and everybody hates him. Now, so let's play cut nine. Everybody, no, nobody on any side is on Bolton's side. I guess we now know why Mr. Bolton is so angry. Trump didn't want to bomb everyone like a lot of neocons want. It hurts the country. And if you are a Republican and you're doing this, uh, you said you're just basically saying, I'm going to do what I can to get Joe Biden elected. That goes against everything that, that John Bolton has done his entire career. Every bit of Donald Trump's disgrace in office is now also John Bolton's disgrace because by refusing to testify to the impeachment inquiry, John Bolton violated his oath of office to support and defend the Constitution. John Bolton could spend the rest of his life like Lady Macbeth trying to wash the blood off his hands and it would be there still. And now Bolton is attempting to literally cash in on betrayal of his country. So that was the left and the right going after him. Nobody, nobody likes Bolton. But what got me about it was it's just Trump is Trump. It's Trump is Trump. And we knew Trump was Trump when we sent him. No president has ever been sent to office more well-known than Donald Trump. We knew who Trump was. We were trying to, people were trying to tell you something. They were trying to tell you what the other side was doing and nobody would listen because the other side is so corrupt. And I think the right, the, some Republicans also benefited from the Marxism of the left. They made their living denouncing it without doing a damn thing about it. Now it's time to choose. It is time to choose. And I think the choice is pretty clear. Donald Trump is a wild, a loose cannon, is a, a bore sometimes, is a mean guy sometimes. But this is the other side. We know who they are now. They've come out of the closet and we, we can't call them hypocrites. They are truly honest about who they are and who they are is the mob. All right. I want to end with a, uh, a final reflection about uh, the Neil Gorsuch uh, decision. You know, the Neil Gorsuch decision, I, I wrote a column about it. You can find it on Daily Wire uh, if you are have a reader's pass um, about about how absurd his opinion was, but that it wasn't absurd the way people say it was. The, like the Christian website world uh, said in Gorsuch's opinion, this is an opinion that you can't fire somebody for being gay or transgender because it is a prejudicial against his sex, right, is, is firing him for his sex. And uh, the Christian website World, very popular, good website, uh, said that Gorsuch's decision expands the definition of sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And I, I wrote that, that that's not true. What it does is it strips the word sex of any real world meaning whatsoever. What Gorsuch said was that if you penalize somebody for sleeping with a woman and it happens to be a woman, you're just penalizing her because 
She's a woman, right? In other words, there's nothing natural about being a woman. There's nothing a woman naturally does, like sleep with men as opposed to sleeping with women. So heterosexuality, homosexuality have no uh, moral content. Uh, these are actions that just are, uh, they're just objects. They're just well, putting one and putting the pencil through the donut, as we used to joke. It is just like what, it doesn't matter where the hole is. It doesn't matter what the object is. Just, you know, wherever you put that one thing into another. In other words, the human person is an empty shape. And all this brought back to me the movie Blow Up. And a lot of people don't remember this movie Blow Up. And, I, I, you know, it was made in 1966, and it's an arthouse film. It's by Michelangelo and Antonioni, I believe his name was pronounced. And it's an arthouse film, and it's kind of slow and weird and all this stuff, but it is the one film Antonioni made that I can watch. And it is an actual great film. I have to say, I think it is, it's a weird film. It's an offbeat film. You might not like it, but it is an actual interesting film. It's about a photographer and it is about a world in which everything has been stripped of every meaning except its shape. It is about Neil Gorsuch's world. Women are just body outlines. That's all they are. Uh, you know, murder has no meaning. Uh, pictures are the only thing. In one po at one point, he gets obsessed with a propeller. He has to have a propeller. And it's the shape of the propeller he wants. But there's nothing for it to propel. There's no plane. And in the very famous scene, the very famous last scene of this movie, uh, the bunch of clowns who are running through London, these leftist clowns basically, start to play a game of tennis with an imaginary ball. And they hit a ball and the photographer sees the ball and they say, pick up the ball, pick up the ball. And he picks up the ball and he throws it back, this invisible make-believe ball, and he throws it back to him, to them. And then he stands there watching this make-believe tennis game and he starts to hear the ball being hit and then he vanishes, he disappears. And that's the end of the movie. And it really is a story about a world without any meaning, a world that's just been reduced to body outlines. And you know what? Without God, without some sense of, the, of spiritual reality, without some sense that we are more than just meat, that is the world. That is Neil Gorsuch's world that he bought into. It's a leftist vision, it's a materialist vision, and he bought into it. He bought into the, look, you can say there's nothing wrong with saying homosexuality is fine. It's as good or better or worse or whatever you want to say as, as heterosexuality. You can say anything you want about it except that it's the same. You can't say it's the same thing. It is not the same thing for a man to sleep with a woman as for a man to sleep with a man. Again, you can condemn it. You can praise it. You can sing its praises. You can do whatever you want. You can have any opinion you want and, and have to defend it. You have to defend your opinion. But you can't say it's the same. And we live in a world stripped of its meaning. We, we truly do. And, you know, I'm starting to feel during this crisis that the churches are to blame for this as well as anybody else. It's not the atheists who are to blame. It's the churches who no longer have the, uh, the guts to speak against the world. They don't have the guts to speak against the world. They're just speaking into the world with a little bit of Jesus thrown in. They're going to have to start or they're going to lose the only religion on earth that actually supports the civilization we're in. The only religion on which this civilization was based, on which it was built. If we lose it, the civilization will fall. And it, it's, we're going to lose it if we don't remember that life has meaning and we get that meaning out of a certain book. I won't mention his name because I don't want to be canceled, but I'll be here tomorrow. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm Andrew Clavin. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. 
The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith, those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.